Welcome to the Live Big Podcast featuring Dr. Derek Greer, where we teach principles from God's Word that will empower you to live big. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com. Here's Dr. Greer. Since I was 20 years old, I have given my first 10% to God. It took me a little while to learn this, though. It was a little later, maybe in my 30s. But then I learned that after I give my first 10% to God, I need to invest the next 10% in my future and my family's future. It says, and they, the priests, we talked about that last week, ate their rations which Pharaoh gave them, never live off of more than 80% of your income. Never. If you do, you are a crisis waiting to happen. You cannot sprint long-term forever. You can't just grind out 100%, 100%. I mean, if you don't have resources for a rainy day, if you don't set anything aside, the first bump is going to pull you down under. And they, the priests, ate their rations which Pharaoh gave them. Therefore, they did not sell their what? Lands. Now, here's the deal. If a heathen king would do this for his God, how much those of us who worship the true and living God. We say, Bishop, I hear you. And even last week I was here. I even came back, Bishop. I, I, I came back. <laughs> but I am so deep in debt, so deep in debt, that, that a thief broke into my house last night, and, and he was searching for the money. And when, when I heard him, I woke up and I started searching with him. I was, I was trying, we're we going to find this together. <laughs> So, so I get it. <laughs> so you're saying, you're saying, what you're saying, I, and I hear your heart. You're saying, Bishop, I hear you, but how do I get there? I'm so glad that you asked. Let's go to 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1. And a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets, her husband was one of the 700 prophets that did not bow their knees to Baal, and it was protected by Obadiah. This was a man of, of real courage, a man of conviction, and, and, and a man who, who loved God. But here's what I want to tell you today, and you really have to hear me. Just because you're strong in one area does not necessarily or automatically make you strong in every other area. You may know the Bible, you may know what the Bible says about salvation. You may know what the Bible says about worship. But if you ignore what the Bible says about money, you're still going to fi fi find problems in that area of your ignorance. The Bible says people perish for a lack of knowledge. So it's it, typically the areas that we're perishing or in bondage in are the areas that we don't quite understand. So I know a lot of people got salvation down, but they can't pay their rent. They can't pay their mortgage. And in the long run, it makes their God look bad. So what we have to do is take a little time out to, yeah, we're going to talk about the salvation thing. We're going to talk about the gifts of the Spirit and the power of God. But we're also going to learn biblical principles about how to handle money. Yeah. Do you know that over half of Jesus' parables, over half, were about finances? Jesus was trying to teach us how to live. 
The Bible says she cried out. The Hebrew actually denotes or connotes strong crying. So it, I get the picture that this woman was just a little bit hysterical, and money can make you crazy, particularly when you don't have it. So she cried out to Elijah, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead. Now, Proverbs 13 and 22 gives us some parenthetical insight. And it's very, very important that you hear what I'm about to say. And I'm not going to read it all or we'll be here to 12. But it says, a good man leaves an inheritance, watch this, to his children. The word good means pleasant. It means appealing. But it also means, pay attention here, well-balanced. We need a well-balanced understanding of God's word. Not just he's a healer in the sick room, but also he will be your banker. You hear what I'm saying? That he will give you visions and dreams that can impact your, your contemporary and current situation. A, a good man, a woman, has a well-rounded this is why, you know, I don't stay on the same thing each week because we got to have a, a well-rounded, the Bible talks about the full gospel of God. Now, there's partial gospel that some folks major on, praise the Lord, but if you're going to be a pastor, you can't just focus on a single message. You need to focus on the fullest possible message that's in the Bible because people are living life daily. And we're not in church, you know, 24-7, and, and we got to handle children. We got to handle finances. We got to handle marriage. We got to handle friendships. We got to deal with life. And it's vital that we have a full-orbed, a, a well-rounded understanding of God's Word. Now, this is, this is, I do, please don't mishear me. It's, it's really important that we are justified by faith apart from works. I, I, I would lay my life down for that conviction. But I also need, and you also need, a revelation of how to handle your finances if we're going to build buildings, hospitals, and share this message around the globe. So we have a great message, but if we, we haven't focused on the areas of the Word of God that, that teaches us how to get it out, we're going to be stuck. Back to 2 Kings 4 and 1. A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elijah, and she said, your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know, it's a little bit of an indictment here. You know that your servant feared the Lord. She knew that her husband had a heart after God. Just like most of us knew. He, he knew that, that, that he loved the Lord. The problem was he never mastered the money thing. Pay attention to what I'm saying. And the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. This dad's gut-wrenching problem was passed on to his children. Though you may be the most spiritual person in this room, you will still live like a slave until you sort out this money thing. Amen. Proverbs 22 and 7 gives us more insight, real-world insight. I love the Proverbs. It says this, the rich rules over the poor. A little 
Run DMC may, may, may help. It's just like that. And that's the way it is. <laughs> it's not that Proverbs saying it's the way that God wants it, but it's just like that. And that's the way it is. Boom, boom. Okay. okay. And the borrower saved the unsaved. It didn't say the, the unsaved borrower. And the borrower is servant to the lender. Someone said, every time you needlessly borrow money, you rob your future self. One more time. Every time you needlessly borrow money, you rob your future self. Because you're taking now what you're going to pay for later. And you're going to pay for it with compounded interest. Pay attention. So Elisha said to her, now she just stated what she, you know, her situation. And he has the audacity to say, what shall I do for you? Of course, he knew that, that she wanted him to fix a problem. But I think the prophet needed her to be clear that only God could really help with this thing. And though people may be the instruments that God uses to help us, we got to recognize ultimately our help comes from the Lord. And this lady was putting a little too much on, you know, well, your servant, you know, he was a problem, putting too much on the church, too much on him. No, no. Ultimately, it's between your husband and his God. And in a moment, we're going to see between you and your God. Watch this, though. So he, he responds. First, he gets it straight. Listen, I, I'm, I'm not going to fix this thing for you. You got a part to play. He looks at her. He says, tell me, what do you have in your house? Here's what I believe the Lord wants you to see today. In fact, here is the word of the Lord to you today. Everything you need is already in your house. If you catch that, if you catch that, you don't need somebody to drive by you. Everything you already need is in your house. You don't have to rob Peter's house to pay Paul's house. It's already in your house. You just have to find it. And she said, she responded. She's in a conversation. That's why we need to talk with the Lord. She said, your maidservant has nothing in this house, but God's word to me a few years ago, back when we were in that other building across the street, God said, you need to inventory your butt. I'm saying to you that you need to inventory your butt. You think you have nothing, but God's about to show you if you listen to him that you already have all you need. Pay attention. She said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. She thought she had nothing, but the answer was in her butt. Pay attention. It's the way you look at what you got that's your problem. She was thinking that that thing was merely only, just, but it was the very thing God wanted to use. When you are down to nothing but, 
but God. But God. But God. All a little boy had was five fish and two loaves. But God. All Moses had was a staff. But God. All David had was five stones and a stick. But God. Inventory your butts. Miriam's enjoying this message. <laughs> then he said, go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all of your neighbors. This is why, guys, you got to stop burning bridges. It's really important. If all you have is, is a few good relationships, you have more than enough for God to work with. And sometimes your relationships will matter more than money. Then he says, what I want are empty vessels. God is never overwhelmed by the amount of emptiness we bring to him. In fact, I bring truckloads daily. So he says, bring it to me empty because I know what to do with it. You say, well, well Lord, I'm on empty. God said, man, you, 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 you're just in position for me to. Fill this thing up. He said, do not gather just a few. Faith is believing it before you see it. There were no results yet. All she's doing is speaking to the prophet. And she said, basically what he's saying, be it unto you according to your faith. As many vessels as you go out and collect is the measure that God's going to Respond. Do not gather just a few. Sometimes you got to kind of fake it till you make it. I acted like I was going somewhere long before I ever did. I mean, for years as a pastor, I treated tens like they were hundreds, hundreds like they were thousands. And now my thousands like millions. Because what I learned is grind now and shine later. Just a few years of grinding can produce a lifetime of freedom. But you got to put it in. And when you have come in, after you stop looking for solutions out there and when Auntie Sammy going to send me this, when are they going to fix it? Whenever you stop looking for solutions outside, God will do it on the inside. And when you've come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons, then pour it in all those vessels, and watch this, and set aside the full ones. We see it again. When the Lord blesses, make sure you put some aside. Earning a lot of money is not the key to prosperity. How you handle it is. We covered that last week. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons. You see, the sons needed to see this so they would not be like their dad. We learn from our mentors what to do and what not to do. 
And the boys got involved in the process, and they brought the vessels to her. And what they did here is they created a system or, or, or an assembly line, if you will. And what you have to do if you're going to be successful financially is to make your program automatic so no excuses can interrupt it. I mean, excuses will keep popping up, and if it's not automatic, you will sabotage. Especially if it's new, you will sabotage yourself. While my wife and I were still struggling, this was a leap of faith. We signed up for automatic deductions. Now, all I could do is tell you my story. 10% automatically went to God, but the next 10% automatically went into our future. It took me uh, about a year. I don't, I don't remember exactly how long. I don't know if it was 12 months, 14 months, or, or 10 months. But the goal was we needed to, to have enough to at least cover three months of expenses. And what was amazing about that year is as we, we began to systematically put that 10% aside, God literally caused miracles, little miracles, not big ones, little miracles, year through, throughout the year, a month, it'd be, it'd be a thousand dollar surprise sometimes, it was, it was a birthday check, and I was too old to get birthday checks, you hear what I'm saying? Just a little tiny <laughs> surprises all year, instead of eating them, we systematically put them into our future. Then, after my family had a foundation underneath them, and sometimes you got to go and correct it, because sometimes we launch out and we're straining because we don't have a foundation. So what I had to do is I took a year or so to correct it, and we eventually, at the end of roughly a year, we had three months' worth of savings in the account, which meant that we could withstand three months of storm. Please get it. Storms will come. I don't care who you are, good, bad. And you need to have resources to withstand the storm. Now, if you think the next storm might last at max three months, that's all you need to say. But if you think it might last six months, you might want to make that your goal. Do you understand what I'm saying? But I needed a foundation so that if everything went sideways in my professional life, my kids could still eat. There'd still be a roof over my head. Are you getting my thinking here? So then after, you know, the foundation was established and we were able to handle at least a three-month storm, I started to shift my 10%. Instead of putting it aside in savings, I began to make big payments on my smallest debts. And every month, and, and, you know, we'd be saying, well, I can't. Instead, but I, I paid a minimum, but then when it came to my smallest debt, I, I used all that was left to beat it. And then three months in, that debt was gone. And then what was amazing is that the piece of money I had left over to pay down the debt got larger because I didn't have to pay the minimum payment on the thing I just paid off. So then I went up to the next biggest debt. You hear what I'm saying? And I don't know how long it took. I don't even remember them all, but, you know, it might have took two or three months, paid that off. And then before long, I got this snowball growing. And then I went after the next thing and the next thing. Now, all this didn't, didn't happen in, in a year. But eventually I got to the place my only debt was my home. My only debt. But what I want you to know, as I worked my process, God gave me little miracles, little blessings, little stuff. And really, it would come in the mail. All types of things would happen on the way. And I would, 
I, I, I would pay this thing down. And, and before long, we came to a place of financial strength and health. Now, all through the month of July, we have actually financial professionals, experts, people that, you know, they do finances for a living. All, every Wednesday this month, they are teaching. So, you know, take advantage of the Q&A and dig in. Please use your resources here and listen to what's being said because on a Sunday, I can only go so deep, but they have a little more time. And also, these are professionals. This is what they do for a living. So I want you to be here on Wednesday. And Tina has done a fabulous job in, in the past as well, uh, the week before last. But we're almost there. Well, the, the sons were bringing the vessels, and they created a system, and they're getting it done. And she kept pouring it out. She kept at it. Don't quit until you're totally free. Don't just quit till a little bit of price. Quit when you win. Get out of debt. Verse 6. Now, it came to pass when the vessels were full. That's God's goal. It's important. Not just to make some of us, but this was a widow. God's plan covers the least of us. You don't have to be a big baller, if you will. If you would just be faithful, follow God's direction where you are, he will liberate you, he will free you, because that's what God does. Jesus said this in Luke. He said, the anointing of the Lord is upon me. He said several things, but he said to preach uh, freedom or good news to the poor. What's good news to poor people? You don't have to be poor no more. Do you get it? It's all in the book. Then she said to her son, bring, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there, there's not another vessel. Our problem, your problem, my problem, is we think too small. Be it unto you according to your faith. The father said to Jesus, said, if you can heal my son, God's like, no, if you can believe. Yeah. You have been listening to the Live Big Podcast with Dr. Derek Greer. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com or follow Dr. Greer on social media.